Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Breaking news from the Chicago Reader. Starting January 19th, the newest podcast brought to you by the Chicago Reader. The Sit-Down with Shawnee Dez. From visual arts and music to food and film, host Shawnee Dez has engaging conversation with the individuals who embody community and help make this such a dynamic place to call home. With new episodes dropping twice a month, grab a seat and get ready to be inspired, uplifted, and to learn something new. It's Wednesday, January the 17th, and your Ben Jarofsky show starts now. Today on the show, if you're a fan of the show, you know what we do on Wednesdays, a little thing with Monroe Anderson called Monroe Wednesdays. The Ben Jarofsky Show is a presentation of the Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for everything there is to know in the city of Chicago. If you want to know what to do, where to go, what to eat, what to drink, you might want to check out ChicagoReader.com because there's answers to all those questions and so many more that I didn't even mention. So also, if you want to find Ben Jarofsky columns and bonus interviews, you can find that at ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. That's J-O-R-A-B is in victory, S-K-Y. Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky. We're calling this Bucket Ballots Wednesday, and here's why. Got Monroe Anderson sitting by, ladies and gentlemen, and I just saw this while I was waiting up for the show to begin, and it's just like this fits into the category. The Monroe, this is like a classic Monroe Anderson and Ben Jarofsky conversation. Uh, and and everybody, everybody knows Monroe Anderson is the foremost authority on white people, having lived among white people his entire life. You can write a book about him, okay? The blatant hypocrisy of white people is so astounding sometimes. It's just like, just blows my little brain. So right now, uh, as I am uh, doing this uh, recording with Monroe, Donnie Trump is in a courtroom in New York berating a judge, breaking all the rules of decorum, trying to uh, get his testimony in before a jury, even though he didn't have the guts to testify himself in the case regarding um, uh, E. Jean Carroll's defamation case. Uh, Trump raped her. She, uh, when she wrote about it, he said, I didn't rape her. She's a liar. She filed a suit against him for defamation, was victorious in that suit. Now they're going to have a, a trial on uh, damages. So Donnie shows up and starts yelling, just like talking real loud. There was an attorney trying to distract attention uh, from the testimony of Eugene Carroll and, uh, uh, and try to distract the juror. The judge just asked him to not to do that many times, he keeps doing it. Why? Because there are no rules that apply to Donnie. That's right. He's the head of MAGA. He's the head of the party of white people. He can do whatever he wants. There are no rules. There are no regulations. Oh, what? You want to uh, lead an insurrection against the government uh, and still be on the ballot, even though the 14th Amendment says you can't? No problem. You're Donnie. 
You're the you're the head of MAGA. And this is the other one, Monroe. This is the one I saw right before he came on the air. This one, I got to give a shout out to old Chris Hayes. He used to, he used to write for the reader. People don't know this. Chris Hayes, now big shout out to MSNBC, uh, Monroe's favorite station. Chris Hayes, many years ago, I'm not making this up, Monroe, wrote for the reader. Yes, he did. Uh, now I sound like one of those block club people or Chicago sometimes people go, he's from Chicago, really? We are better. I'm just teasing myself. Anyway. This one is precious. This falls into the same category as MAGA doing whatever it wants, despite the fact whatever it says about the other guys. So this had to do in the Iowa caucus, uh, Monroe, and uh, uh, Hayes. Actually, he got this from uh, the nation's um, uh, the, the nation magazine's uh, constitutional expert, uh, Ellie Meistel. So it's, it's a clip of MAGA uh, in Iowa voting in an Iowa caucus, and they're just stuffing <laughs> <laughs> they're stuffing their ballots into these buckets. It's like they look like buckets you might get from, I don't know, a fried chicken place. Uh, there's no chicken in the buckets. They're just stuffing them. And here you go. Wait, wait, let me put mine in. And then, old boy who's uh, convening the meeting is just counting the butt. You know, <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. How do we know this is legit? You are the guys who are accusing every single Democratic election official, perhaps, uh, in the country of stealing votes, throwing votes away, not playing by rules. There you are, just count. Wait a minute, here's three more buckets. Count these ballots. And then here's the the quote from uh, Ellie Meistel, who is the the um, expert, the lawyer, uh, legal expert for the nation. This goes, here's his quote. What voting looks like when white people know only white people will be allowed to cast ballots. Yes, indeed. At one point or another, Donald Trump and his minions in 2020 wanted to throw out almost all the votes cast in Detroit so that Donald would win Michigan, all the votes cast in Philly so that Donald would win Pennsylvania, and Atlanta so that Donald would win Georgia. Essentially, he went wherever there was a great concentration of black people, he wanted to throw out their votes on the grounds that he was alleging some non-existent voter fraud and now here we go in iowa just hey can i get that bucket let me just throw that in the bucket classic do as i say not as i do all right without further ado monroe anderson will now weigh in as he does every wednesday monroe your thoughts on bucket balloting in magaland go two words white privilege (laughs) they can do as they will when they want and that's all that counts so it's one thing to say that the election was stolen from Trump. It's another thing if they're able to steal the election from Biden or anybody else that doesn't meet what they believe. I don't mm-hmm. give it that much weight to say they think it, they believe it, that uh, whatever they want and however they want to do it, is correct. So let me ask you this, man. I want you to take a, a a journey into the brain of MAGA. Do you think MAGA is even conscious that they're completely hypocritical? Uh, uh, yeah, they're conscious and they don't care. Yeah. What's what they want is what they want, and uh, that's the only thing that's important. Uh, and MAGA, MAGA, there's discussions going on now about MAGA 
uh, which uh, the point on that is that they are a white uh, Christian, fake Christian organization. There, there are people who are uh, say they're part of the religious right that uh, don't belong to any church. They just have, have become uh, part of this cult. And uh, this cult, of course, uh, is ordained by God. Uh, God has decided that MAGA, Donald Trump, is his, 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 his deliverer yeah. of God's will. And God's will is that um, we go back to 1955 when white people were in charge of everything and um, black people were made to stay in their place. And um, we weren't bringing all these colored foreigners in because in the 60s, we liberalized our immigrant program where we were started allowing brown people from in India and Pakistan. And up until then, it, it, it was um, only Europeans, mainly, that, that were, were allowed to come in and be citizens. We'll get to uh, another uh, hypocrisy with MAGA in the way they greet uh, the few Indian Americans, as you just alluded to, who, who uh, for whatever a reason, decide to join the MAGA movement. So just to let them know, and we're talking about uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who uh, dropped out. And it was the subject of some uh, derisive cartoons. But we'll get, we'll get to that in a little while. Let's, I want to go back to Iowa and the voting in Iowa. Uh, we now see, obviously, it's a caucus, so it doesn't have as much precision and oversight as a regular election. But, man, if you see this footage of the guys stuffing ballots into these buckets, uh, it, you clearly understand that there's uh, virtually no oversight uh, going on. Uh, in the Republican Iowa caucus. So for all we know, Nikki Haley may have won the uh, Republican caucus. I don't know, you know, vote fraud. You know. If I were Rudy Giuliani, an insane lunatic, I would say vote fraud. Uh, uh, see, this, this is what you're failing to realize, ben, go. is that if Trump wins, it's fair and legal. And if he loses, it was stolen. Yeah. And it's, and um, I mean that's that's the law. Yes. Yeah. Uh, just so you know, ladies and gentlemen, Monroe uh, had the word "fair" in air quotes, uh, and uh, the word "stolen" uh, in air quotes. In other words, they manufacture a case to confirm whatever outcome they want. And Trump has said this. He's uh, he has said this. Uh, you know, if uh, I'm not going, if I lose, I'll just say it was stolen. Steve Bannon said it. So we all know what they're doing. Uh, and um, they just, uh, they make it clear. Uh, and um, and then in the aftermath of court 2020, uh, they try to uh, manipulate the process uh, into getting judges to sanctify or uh, to support uh, their um, made up accusations of fraud. When that, right. And when that didn't happen, yeah. They staged, uh, they attempted a coup right. on January 6th. Yeah, to intimidate uh, Pence into granting something that even the Supremes 
wouldn't even the MAGA yeah. justices on the Supremes wouldn't give. Right. Well, the the plan was to not simply to intimidate Pence, but to get Pence to go along with this scheme where um, he would he 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 would deny the electoral yeah. vote as it happened, and there'd be mass confusion, and then Trump would have to send in the National Guard and call it a national emergency and it seizes voting machines and um, and basically um, say well this vote we have to do it again because this this doesn't count it's too much confusion so we're going to have to figure out figure this out in the meantime I guess I'll stick around in the White House <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah all right uh, let's talk about the results uh, in the um, as I said yeah, yesterday, the the, uh, the election was called almost immediately, instantaneously. I mean, uh, like, I think it was within six minutes, AP was declaring uh, Donald Trump the winner of the Iowa caucus. And they were still caucusing. Uh, and uh, so it just confirmed what everybody knew all along, that Donald Trump was going to win in Iowa. But, and I owe this to you, uh, you pointed this out to me, I. Uh, Trump got 51% of the vote, which means you don't have to be great. You don't have to be Albert Einstein to realize that roughly 50% of the, the, the electorate didn't vote for Trump. And probably with those buckets, it was probably even higher than that. But with the buckets, who knows? Well, not only that, but it was 50% of Republicans. Yes, exactly. The Democrats did not vote that because is they got their guy. Yeah. So they didn't need to have a vote in, in Iowa. So, and you had to, so therefore you had to be a Republican to even vote. That's correct. In the primary. Yes. And um, lo and behold, since so I, I've forgotten what the percentage of, of black people it is in Iowa, but it's, it's low. It's three or 4%. So basically you had to be uh, a white nationalist Christian yes. vote in the primary. And even among that select group, Monroe. Yes. Donnie got 50% of the vote, 51% of the vote. Right. Uh, and again, let's not forget, it's an asterisk. I'm sorry, Baga. You got the bucket stuff going around. <laughs> I, I just, I got a feeling to quote the Beatles, there's a little cheating going on with those buckets. But Let's let's just put aside uh, my baseless accusations of cheating, which have, by the way, as much to substantiate the I have as much to substantiate these accusations as Trump and Giuliani did in Michigan, Georgia and Pennsylvania. Right. Uh, if this was the their world, you and I would get together to file a case before the Supreme Court. Um, so you pointed out to me that that's that is. Like that doesn't show the uniformity that we thought existed in MAGA world or in the Republican Party. And as a comparison, I went back and I took a look at uh, other uh, campaigns and where uh, the, the president, I mean, he is the president of MAGA, ladies and gentlemen. He, he was the president in 2020. He's running as the man who was unfairly denied office. So in terms of MAGA, he is the sitting president. 
Right. I, like Je Jefferson Davis was the president of the Confederacy, right? <laughs> Who is worse, Jefferson Davis or Donald Trump? That's a conversation we've never had, Monroe. I, I guess I have to go with Jefferson Davis. I mean, um, Donald Trump never owned slaves, as far as I know. Uh, so He would if he could. Yeah, he would if he could. Uh, so, Monroe, you pointed out something. Like, maybe the support isn't as rock solid among Republic Republicans as I thought. Maybe I've been unfair. To the uh, listen, party. The, the, that, that, that margin that Trump has mm -hmm. is, first of all, only about 100,000 people. Uh, and um, again, you had to be a Republican to vote, and um, the 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 group that did not vote for Trump were educated uh, college people. People with college degrees went heavily for Nikki. Um, Independents went for Nikki. It was just the the. The, the white nationalist conservatives that were all in for Trump. And um, we'll, we'll have to see how that holds up because in Florida, there was a, a, a blue district. Oh, yeah. Not a blue, a, a purple. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, it was a Republican-held district. Right, exactly. Okay, yeah. yes. Yeah, but they went with the Democrats. Yeah, and that's that. That does not portend well for the rest of the year. Yes, if uh, uh, yeah. if in, in Florida, a Republican district, a Democrat is getting elected. Yeah, uh, and just so you folks know, uh, yeah, Monroe and I were obsessively discussing this as earlier this morning. Uh, it was a state legislative district in Florida. The election was held, I believe, the same day as the Iowa caucus. Uh, it was an election held to fill a vacancy cause when the Republican incumbent stepped down to take another job, uh, and the Democrat beat the Republican. About and this continues a trend that's been going on. It's largely overlooked because uh, yeah, everybody's who's not a MAGA lover is like in a fetal position with fear over Trump or anybody who's like afraid of the Trump, uh, another Trump presidency. We'll get into a millennials' curious attitude toward this, but uh, and so, but what. What that overlooks the fetal position of, of liberals and Democrats in fear of Trump is that in election after election, a MAGA candidate has lost, particularly when the issue I'm talking about in districts that are like swing districts, as Monroe was saying, purple districts, as you call them. Now, even though in this one, Monroe, this is a district where the uh, Republican, the, the seat had been held by a Republican, but the district actually went for Biden by about five percentage points. So it's a classic swing district and right. the Democratic one. And this goes, it's like the issue is on abortion rights. The issue is things like Trump's gone too far uh, with his, uh, you know, insurrectionism and his claims of having won an election he lost. Well, so the, yeah, the issue ahead. is that we don't think a man who has 91 <laughs> indictments points of indictments should be president. We don't think that a man who uh, is a rapist mm -hmm. should be president. Uh, we don't think that a man who um, has been giving government secrets to foreign countries should be president. 
the beat goes on and on and on. It's only the MAGA people. And you know what? It, what's interesting um, in Iowa is that the the percentage of Republicans voters in Iowa uh, is larger in the not supporting Trump than the percentage of Republican politicians in D.C., where it's almost unanimous in support, it's, it's, except for Romney. In fact, Trump has the support of every Republican. Wow. And that's not happening anywhere in the country where every Republican voter is going for Trump or Trump's candidates. Wow. Monroe, I hadn't thought of that. You're so right. I hadn't thought of that. That is so true. <laughs> oh, my God. That shows you how scared the politicians, the elected officials are of Trump and MAGA. So are you saying, let me make sure I understood you correctly. Are you saying that every Republican elected official uh, has declared support for Trump or is at least staying neutral? Is that what you were saying? Yes. Yes. Which does not reflect the fact that the party. Exactly. Except, you know. Uh, Mitch Mitch Romney, uh, well, uh, yeah, Mitch Romney is. I mean, Mitt Romney or Mitch McConnell? Mitt, 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 Mitt. I'm sorry, I, yeah, I forget. Mitt, Mitt, give, I get my M names mixed up. Period. Mitt Romney, yeah. the former presidential nominee, Republican nominee, <laughs> is the only uh, one who is. In the Senate, for example, mm -hmm. who is um, anti-Trump? Yeah, and he has—he's not running again. That gives it to him. Well, okay, so that is a very good point you just made. So, elected officials are clearly afraid of that—the uh, MAGA vote, which probably has enough to try to lose a. Uh, a primary for them. And they're also probably, whether they admit it or not, afraid of violence. Oh, Look, some admit it yeah. publicly, but most just talk about it privately. Yeah. If, if you, what you have to think about is if the, the MAGA nuts are threatening judges, uh, voting, uh, vote, voting judges, uh, federal judges, local judges, FBI agents, uh, Capitol Police, any, anybody who who speaks out against Trump publicly ends up getting a death threat. Yeah. I mean, the, these are wild times. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's deep, man. What Monroe said, uh, Virtually all the elected officials, Republican elected officials of the country, are either supporting Trump or too afraid to say who they're supporting, uh, even though roughly 50% of the MAGA vote, the MAGA vote, the Republican vote in the Republican caucus in Iowa, a caucus which was probably stolen for Trump. Let's just call Let's just say that. Okay. If Trump could say that, let's just not say we saw the buckets, ladies and gentlemen. We have more evidence of theft going on than Trump did. Right. Yeah, we 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 we, we can say I I I see your theft, erase you with that. 
I mean, goddamn, they just—they don't even try to hide it, Monroe. Put it in the bucket, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Get these buckets. Oh, MAGA, you're a piece of work. That's so deep, Monroe. They're like the elected officials are so cowardly. They're so afraid. You know what I'm saying? And their own voters aren't even as afraid. And and the thing is, it's all sorts of evidence that when they're um, not talking to a mic or a TV camera, they're talking, they're bad-mouthing Trump. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're talking about how incompetent he is, how ignorant he is. Um, what what uh, some of them even saying that he is a risk to the ticket. Yeah. Now, Sununu is another one um, who has been right. yep. You know, yeah. so there are there are yeah. a few. Yeah. yeah few Not men. every single one. You're right. Okay. We should correct it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But the vast, vast majority, far yeah. greater than the 50%. That Not was, only, like, if you add the, the, the combined vote that, uh, DeSantis and um, Nikki Haley got in Iowa, it approaches 48, uh, 49% of the vote, something like that. Right. You're not getting 48, 49% of elected Republican officials in the country uh, to be against Trump. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, that's a valid point. Uh, and you won't even get him publicly speaking. It's just think of the, we, we, I can't point this out enough. Uh, so you got Joey Rogan, who pretends he's not uh, MAGA, but he's so MAGA to the core, going on and on about how senile um, Joe Biden is. And then, like, all the Roganites are like, yeah, not in her head, yeah. But never said a word about how demented Trump sounds. It's not even like equal opportunity criticizing. You follow right. what I'm saying? Right. 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 Oh, no, Lord. Joe Rogan, come on, man. Come on. Take a stand. Um, all right, I'm gonna. Uh, it has been reported enough is how much down the um, vote is in Iowa. Oh yeah, that's true too. Yeah. Well, they, oh, it's cold. Yeah, right. He's like, well, some. Oh. <laughs> I don't know, Monroe. I'm gonna push what? back on you on this one. I was I, in Iowa in 2008. Yeah. Uh, I think it was January 2nd. Don't quote me on the exact date, but it's right after the New Year's. Yeah. Uh, and because uh, my uh, oldest daughter was volunteering for Obama. And so I came down just to help her and just watch the whole thing. Anyway, it was so freaking cold, Monroe, on that day, okay? It was like Chicago's been for the last few days. It yeah. was cold. And people were packing it in, man, to vote for They were like the Hillary people were there. The Obama people were there. You know, there was even some uh, a Joe Biden person there to remember Biden was running in that uh, caucus right. as well. Uh, and uh, so anyway, so I think that cold is an excuse, to be honest with you. Um, MAGA always has an excuse, don't they? It always has an excuse or explanation or, uh, or a lie. <laughs> uh, all right, Monroe, let me throw this one at you. Uh, so. Follow me on this. Governor J.B. Pritzker was in Iowa sort of as a surrogate for uh, Biden, and he made an attack. Uh, he, uh, he was, he, of course, he was attacking uh, Trump, but he also attacked uh, Nikki Haley. And I'm summer, uh, paraphrasing, essentially said there's no difference between uh, Nikki Haley and Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump, for that matter. Uh, and to which Adam Kinzinger, 
criticize him. Matty Kozir, the former congressman from Illinois, who is openly anti-Trump, and as a result, to your right. point, was driven out of the Republican Party in Illinois. Right. Okay, right. a MAGA kicked him out. All right, that's how much they tolerate uh, freedom of speech in and, the Republican and he Party. He is a Republican, no yeah. doubt about it. Or what we used to know as Republicans. Yes, he is a Republican to the core. Every on every issue other than he doesn't believe in fascism. Right. He doesn't believe uh, that Donald Trump is the emperor. He does not believe that Donald Trump has a right to be president as long as he wants. So that's that is. He does not believe that God provided Trump for us. (laughs) Come on, Maga. Maga, you can't be that dumb. It's for real. okay? God, (laughs) he's a flawed vessel. That's for certain. If it comes to God, that's that that's how they rationalize it. Is God sent this flawed vessel because because something biblical, you know, because something biblical. <laughs> oh my goodness, man! I'll tell you what—they sound like my friends who are hooked on gambling, and they come up with all these excuses, like, "Oh, I'm not really hooked." Okay, oh yeah, yeah, you are. You're a serious gambler junkie. All right. So anyway, uh, so Kinsinger's criticism of Pritzker is this: uh, his criticism is that Democrats like Pritzker. Uh, and Monroe Anderson uh, should recognize the difference between a fascist like Trump and a ordinary Republican like Nikki Haley. And it's important uh, not to lump Nikki Haley with Trump because then you, you lose a sense of what's real and what, what real, the real threat that's out there and that Nikki Haley or, uh, even maybe Ron DeSantis does not represent the existential threat to democracy in our country that Donald Trump does. Do you agree with Adam Kinzinger or do you agree with J.B. Pritzker in that scenario? Go. I agree. I, I, I like J.B. a lot. <laughs> so, so I, I agree with him. There, there is a continuum mm-hmm. among evil Republicans, but but it starts starts at fucked up, and then it goes to <laughs> extremely fucked up. I mean, she's she's she uh, has exhibited that on more than one occasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, not all, but most Republicans are racist. Uh, and um, I don't know about Kissinger. I, I have not actually um, studied his position on race because he's been this shining hero uh, against the fascism that's going on in the party. But um, the Republican Party is, is, is going the route of the Whigs. Mm. And that's a good journey for them. Uh, in other words, there's you, in your you you maintain this from the get go. Uh, uh, well, I mean, okay, just ladies and gentlemen, uh, Monroe and Anderson and I have been in weekly political conversations. Now, get ready for this. This is how many years? Seven years. Seven years, Monroe. Uh, we we started off on Mondays at that old radio station that I used to work at. And I can't remember the name of it because they fired me and who knows. Uh, 
uh, where, where, where truth matters. <laughs> where truth matters. One of the reasons they fired me is I spent too much time talking to Monroe. Uh, and um, uh, and then we continued with the podcast on a Wednesday. And and you've been cons- consistently said that, my, that Trump would lose in 26, uh, 2020 rematch. And you're correct about that. Uh, and post... Uh, and post consistently say he's losing this year, he's gonna lose this year. And you've also said that uh, the Republican Party post uh, January 6th uh, is uh, devolving as we see right. it's falling right. apart. So you've been consistent on those uh, two predictions uh, from the get go. Uh, I um, I'm not as optimistic as uh, you are uh, on those fronts, but I must concede. Before we move on to the next topic, I must concede that your analysis of Iowa does strongly suggest that the support for Trump is not nearly as strong uh, as we fear coming out of the Republican Party. Uh, And that's, I mean, uh, the fact that he could barely, he only barely got over 50% of the vote as the sitting president of MAGA, I'm telling you that. Had had, had that been um, Joe Biden? Oh my God! It's only fifty percent. Oh my God! Maybe turned back up, so he's over. Yeah, he's he he could just barely get the majority in his vote in his own party. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine the baby Kennedy running? If it was baby Kennedy running against uh uh Biden, uh, and throw in another Democrat, uh, imagine if uh, imagine if uh, Cornell West was running as a uh, a Democrat, and yeah. together he and baby Kennedy kept. Uh, Joe Biden at 51, 52 percent of all. Oh my God. Are right. you kidding right now? <laughs> right. And by the way, there's historical uh there have been presidents, sitting presidents who challenged, and it's a totally different reaction, uh, when uh, when they didn't get like monumental uh, one-sided victories. I'll go back in time, show my age. 1980, Jimmy Carter, sitting president, challenged by Ted Kennedy uh, in the primaries. 1992, George uh, Daddy Bush challenged uh, in the primaries by Patrick Buchanan. Uh, so uh, there's been a history, his, you know, examples in the past, Monroe. LBJ. L- he was not to- polling well, and so he said he will not pursue it. Yes. And he won. Yeah. He, he announced he wasn't going to, uh, he was dropping out of the race after he won the New Hampshire primary. Right. Uh, but though, Gene McCarthy got such a significant number of presenters of the vote. Right. It was, yeah. Johnson said, nah, I'm done with this. Uh, and then, of course, Bobby Kennedy jumped in the race. Hubert Humphrey jumped in the race. Uh, all right. Let's talk about uh, Vivek Ramaswamy for a moment. I sent you, um, uh, listener Frank, I want to shout out listener Frank. Thank you very much for sending this to me. Uh, so the Babylon B uh, is the name of a online publication that uh, positions itself as the right wing onion. Uh, and so they use uh, quote unquote satire. I say it's quote unquote because when you're satirizing things to uh, promote uh, the power of wealthy people uh, who already have significant power, uh, over the downtrodden everybody else. I don't know if that's really satire so much as like a form of fascism, propaganda, but whatever. That's a topic for another time. Uh, and uh, so they kind of let uh, Vivek Ramaswamy know exactly what MAGA and the Republicans thought of him. He, of course, was the Indian-American uh, entrepreneur who ran uh, 
as a Trumpite, a Trumper. Uh, I, I mean, God, what a bizarre, twisted campaign he ran. But he was like at times to the right of Trump, uh, said racism didn't exist, uh, said he wanted to close immigration, close, build a, a wall, not only in this, uh, Mexico, but in Canada, really limit immigration, even though he is the son of immigrants. Very and he compared himself um, as the um, new Obama. Yeah. Oh, my God. He stole from Obama. Right. So, a skinny guy with a funny name. You know, right. he just right. stole from Obama. Exactly. Right. Uh, so he dropped out because his campaign was going nowhere. Uh, and as again, he's Indian American. Uh, so the Babylon Bee uh, pushes out this uh, quote unquote satirical headline, uh, much like The Onion would do, uh, but from the right. Uh, and it's a picture of Vivek. Uh, obviously a manufactured picture of him wearing a 7-Eleven shirt uh, as though he works at a 7-Eleven. And the headline uh, is Trump promises Vivek an administration position running the White House 7-Eleven. And so he's if there's it makes it look a seem like there's a 7-Eleven store in the White House and he's running it. That's the most like blatantly bigoted, uh, prejudiced, discriminatory. You, you pick the word. Uh, attitude about Indian Americans uh, that you can have. And it's gotten over, as Monroe pointed out, uh, a million views at the last time I looked. 1.1 million views, which dwarfs anything uh, that we've received on the Ben Jarowski show, I like to point out. Uh, so uh, clearly uh, a lot of Republicans think it's absolutely hilarious, uh, but they're letting him know exactly what they think about him, which is, quote unquote, he's not one of you're not one of us, Vivek. You will always be the other. No matter how you try to talk like us and present our point of view and put our view out to the world, you're not like one of us. And so I said, Monroe, before we came on air, what would the equivalent be for a black Republican? And I know what it would be for a Jewish Republican. Like it was a Jewish Republican candidate, they would show him like in a yarmulke and he would be like counting money and they go, Trump hires him as White House, what, uh, accountant, you know, uh, and just letting him know that's that you're not really one of us. You'll always be kind of a foreigner or an alien and you're, this is what you're good for. Uh, so what would it be, Monroe, if uh, it was a black Republican. It would be him in charge of the White House shoeshine booth. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I, I think Tim Scott might fill that position. <laughs> they, they would give it to Tim, Tim Scott. Although they, you know, the, the thing is, in the polling, this is why you can't believe the polling. Yeah, uh, there was a time when Tim Scott was a, a a comer, just like there was a time when the nine 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 man, and time with um, the oh god, I'm blanking on his name, the the one black cabinet member Trump had, Ben Carson, Ben Carson. Oh my god! Now remember when Ben was was a threat? Yes. When you know they always have some token Negro that they point to and say, and what this does is contradicts, they say, 
the reality that they're not racist because they like this one con conciliatory uh, Negro that's saying the things they want them to say and doing the things they want them to do. Uh, Clarence Thomas, of course, is the king of them all. Wow, Clarence Thomas, the king of them all. Tim Scott, man, uh, you're 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 so right. Tim Scott obviously didn't make it to Iowa. I can't remember when he dropped out. It was a long time ago. He made it to a few debates. Uh, Monroe, do you think the Republicans are capable of nominating a, a black man or, or a woman uh, to be their candidate? for president no they're capable of pretending like they will back this person but they've they've had um chances to, to do that and they've not done it you know we we had a candidate that could have been a senator from georgia but no <laughs> <laughs> did they nominate him? Wow. No. They did nominate him. They didn't elect him. I mean, he, yeah, yeah he was nominated. Right, exactly. Oh, my God, Republicans, you're a piece of work. Just think about it. So Warnock was the uh, incumbent Democratic senator from Georgia, and he's a black man. So MAGA, which claims they don't see race. Right. And that's what they always say, Monroe. They don't see race. Right. Exactly. They go clearly saw it when they nominated uh, Herschel Walker to run against Warnock because they figured, well, we need a black guy to right. run up against a black guy. Uh, all you need to do is put a black person on the, the ticket and some black people will vote for him. Yeah. yeah. We can go back to Keys, Alan Keys. Yeah. In, in Illinois, <laughs> when um, Obama was running for senator. U.S. Senator. And they said, oh, we got one of those. <laughs> Although he's a carpetbagger. I, th I think I think Keyes was from Pennsylvania or someplace. I yeah. That was so long ago. Man, that was demented I, I, stuff. It was sent. It was yeah. I mean, yep. just, I mean, classic cynicism for, with the Republic. Absolutely. So cynical. That's because there was a vacancy uh, in the Republican Party because their nominee stepped down. He got into some kind of scandal. I forget the specifics of it and who cares anyway. It happened in 1984, uh, 2004, excuse me. Uh, and so, yeah, they go, we need a black guy here. Quick, get keys on the ticket. What a joke, Monroe. Absolute uh, joke. So uh, we'll close with this. Uh, just uh, in general, uh, are you feeling a little more? Well, you've always been pretty uh, confident uh, of a Democratic triumph this year. Yes. Um, yeah. Now I got I got shaky on whether the Supreme Court is going to um, read the Fourteenth Amendment and go, okay, well, we're not revisionists. Yeah. We, we 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 go by the intent of the constitution when it was written yeah. and therefore trump can't run yeah no there's okay by the way uh there's breaking news on that front i don't know if you saw this right before we uh, started recording uh a uh, a judge in maine uh ruled uh that 
the state would hold off on deciding whether uh, Trump's bounced from the ballot. The secretary of state in Maine ruled uh, that Trump uh, should be bounced from the ballot because he's obviously an insurrectionist and it violates the oath. Uh, and it violates this the, the 14th Amendment. Uh, and uh, so a judge said, we're going to wait off until the Supremes make their decision because no matter what we do, it'll be eclipsed by the uh, uh, Supremes. So that's the situation in Maine. I stand by what I've said all along. Uh, I do not believe you're going to get f- at least five uh, Supreme Court justices to kick Trump off the ballot, even though, as Monroe just pointed out, he absolutely should be kicked off the ballot. So because he, he's so clearly violating uh, the 14th Amendment and they're supposedly uh, absolutionists when it comes to the text of the Constitution. Right. So uh, just like with the buckets being passed around in Iowa, it's, you know, uh, do what I say, now what I do. Uh, so, yeah, I, I still don't. Uh, I, but you did have a conversation you told me before we went on air with a millennial who remain unnamed, uh, who would you would think would vote for uh, Biden. Uh, but this millennial said to you that he might not vote for Biden because he just is just very profoundly un, uh, disappointed uh, by Biden. Well, his, 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 his argument was that um, they're they're both phonies and they both uh, are in uh, in against the common person the common man or woman and that they both are tools of the establishment and so it doesn't matter who you get he's just cynical he said he, you know, he, he, he's, he, he and he believed that um, Trump is too incompetent to do all these horrible things to democracy that he says he's going to do. And that's not true. Uh, Trump is incompetent, but um, Trump is an old dog who can learn new evil tricks. And so the mistakes he made on his first term, he will not make those mistakes again. He won't put in... um, railings that protect American democracy. He will he will make the key people that he needs acting so mm-hmm. he doesn't have to get approval from the Senate. And um, they will will do what he wants or he will replace them with someone who can do what he wants. I, I, I'm going to push back on that interpretation and, you, and then you respond. Okay. Uh, I... I I do not believe Donald Trump is incompetent. I believe uh, you're fooling yourself if you say that Donald Trump is incompetent. I believe that Donald Trump uh, continues to be underestimated. Donald Trump in 2015, when he announced his candidacy, uh, was written off by much of the public and the media and the Democrats. They rolled their eyes. They were derisive. USA Today said they weren't even going to cover him on the political pages. They were going to cover him on the entertainment pages. And then he won the Republican primary and still... And still he was written off. Hillary Clinton clearly didn't take him as seriously as she should have. Michelle Obama made that famous quote, uh, when they go low, we go high, because they figured, the the establishment figured, oh, we won this election, so we're not going to go in the mud with Donald Trump. And then he won. And then he won. Not only did he won, but he captured all of the Republican Party. You just got finished pointing out how even though the Republican electorate is about split 
as to whether they want Donnie Trump or they want somebody else. He's got virtually every single Republican official in this country too afraid to take a stand against him for fear of being driven out of the party, for fear of physical violence, for fear of all kinds of things. When he lost the election in 2020, he came precariously close. Only Mike Pence kept us. Just think about that for, for a moment, Monroe from having the Senate declare Trump the victor. So I believe anybody who at this stage, and even after all that, he's still neck and neck with Biden in the polls. So I agree with you. Donald Trump has, he's got four years of practice under his belt for doing away with democracy. And I, I I actually really sincerely believe that anybody who continues to underestimate Donald Trump is fooling themselves. Your thoughts? I uh, Trump is incompetent, but he Trump is what I call an evil genius. Though he's very good at doing bad things, <laughs> but he's not good at doing anything good. I mean, he started with uh, depending on who who you hear it from somewhere between 25 million and 50 million yeah in, in life I mean he, he 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 was born with a a silver spoon uh, and, in his mouth yeah, his <laughs> mouth and he kept yeah. he, he kept um, spitting things out he they, they there was one study done that said that if Trump had just put his money in the bank, the interest would have made more for him than what he did as a businessman. That's how bad he was. Mm -hmm. Uh, You you talk about how he almost won the coup, almost got to perform the coup. The point is he didn't. You, You know, um, how many how many games this season did the Bears almost win? And yeah. I and I didn't hear you talking about how they were a great football team. Yeah. I take seriously. Uh, let's put it this way: um, Donald Trump came a lot closer to toppling democracy in 2020 than the Bears came to beating the Packers in 2023, okay? Uh, And and I stand on that, all right? Packers drubbed the Bears twice. (laughs) So I think that Donald Trump's a lot closer. Except this this ain't bocce ball. So (laughs) getting close does not count. Yeah. Uh, So uh, I push back, though. I I take Trump seriously uh, as a threat and to democracy i absolutely do oh no his influence you you, you know okay i'm not sure you're not gonna want to hear this but brother bernie is not gonna win oh god i knew you were gonna kill bernie on me (laughs) (laughs) but his ideas have been victorious in the democratic party and with the biden administration and so Trump is the MAGA's Bernie. He's not going to win the election in November, but his ideas reign. And we'll uh, 
what what Trump in fact did was capture the sentiment and mindset of forty some percent of white Americans. Well, I think the heart of uh, the criticism uh, that your millennial uh, uh, friend uh, offered uh, would be uh, to the point about your Bernie criticism. Bernie, I do not believe, unfortunately, and, and I say this as a Bernie supporter, but I know I'm a big Bernie supporter. Bernie was for national health care, all right? Yeah. Uh, immediately. And dental care. Oh, my God. Don't even let me tell you about the scab of the dentistry in this country. But point is, man, well, we are so far away from that. So I understand why millennials are skeptical when they look at the Democratic Party, because, like, it's just an obvious need we have in our country and the Democrats can't deliver. They're incapable of delivering for whatever reason. And oh, it's difficult yeah. to do. Yeah. Because you're in the face of Republican opposition, which Democratic right. millennials don't seem to understand. Right. Uh, you know, we we have a system of government where there's like two parties. One party is completely blocking the other party. Uh, but that said, I. I had because they. The Democrats have not dealt with the issues well yet. For example, I was having a discussion. I was in the hospital. Mm -hmm. I was having a discussion with a millennial nurse okay. who was complaining about inflation. Yes. And I said to her, uh, yeah, there's inflation, but you do realize that we came out of a 100-year pandemic. Mm -hmm. And that impacted the um, economy overall. Mm -hmm. And she goes, oh, <laughs> think about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Lord, man. I love it when Monroe and I talk to the regular people. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, Lord. You get a 100-year pandemic and you get a, 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 a sick financial system. No, so you're forcing what you did just in that moment. Yes. It was something I do all the time, which yes. is why a lot of people run away from me when they see me. I yes. take serious what people tell me in the right. course of a conversation. Right. So what you position on anything, sports, and I will ask a follow-up question. People aren't used to that. So like some nurse in a hospital, she offers her opinion, which I don't know right. where she got it. Maybe, right. you know, she's really mad because her grocery bill is so high and you right. challenge her. Right. And she's never been challenged politically in her life. Yeah. You follow me? Who who's gonna challenge somebody on their only Monroe Anderson, old journalist, you know, some nurse in the hospital. You follow what I'm saying, Monroe? Yeah. I my end is like my conversation with bear fans. Bear fans will say some preposterous stuff that only a bear fan would say, and I'll challenge them. And then they fall apart. They're like, what are you doing? Trying to pick a fight? Well, you said something. I took it serious. Anyway, don't get me started, Monroe. Uh, we have run out of time. Uh, Monroe, I, I hope you continue to try to persuade your friends of the millennialistic persuasion uh, to not to be so jaded and cynical at such a young age. Uh, and, but, you know, but the truth of the matter is, we once were that. I'm telling yeah. you, <laughs> uh, we were one. Remember when uh, the saying was, don't trust anyone over 30? Yes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I knew Monroe Anderson when he was effectively a millennial. I saw him back in those days, okay? 
Uh, yes, so I can attest to the fact we were all millennials. If you think of millennials as a phase of life that we've all been through, as opposed to a specific generation, you and I, Ramiro, were millennials at one point. Let's just pause and think about that. Uh, and uh, yes, we'll close the show with that one. The me uh, generation. Say that again. The me generation. Yeah, man, we were pathetic. The me generation. <laughs> it was a, millennials. You're, I believe overall you're a huge advancement over uh, our generation. And I yeah. say that in all me sincerity. Too. Right, me too. Across the board. Absolutely. Way better. Way better than the, our our. <laughs> Our hapless bunch. All right, Monroe, love you dearly. Take well, uh, stay well, stay healthy, and I'll see you next week, all right? All right, okay. All right, that's the great Monroe Anderson. Also want to thank producer Chris. Hey, producer Chris, give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. And if you want to stay in the know on the Ben Jarofsky Show, just head to chicagoreader.com. You can find previous shows, bonus interviews, columns for Ben Jarofsky, Ben's reading list, and so much more. Make sure you follow Ben on Instagram at Benny J Show. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow The Ben Jarofsky Show on your favorite streaming and podcasting platforms.